If you have any experience in organized ultimate, you know stack offense. Vertical, horizontal, and side stacks constitute almost all of a team's offensive structures against standard defenses. But does it always have to be this way? Could there be a system that is more effective than these offenses while ditching the traditional notions of stacking? Today on the IRCA podcast from ultiresults.com, we are going to find out. My name is Jack Dowling, and today you'll hear my interview with Felix Shardlow, creator of the Hex Offense, about his stackless offense that he has pioneered over the last decade. In our talk, we'll discuss the origins of the offense, tactics, and advice for implementing it. If you want to learn more about this and many other valuable coaching topics, be sure to register and tune in for the IRCA 2019 conference. Now, with that out of the way, let's get into the show. I'm here today with Felix Shardlow, creator of the Hex Offense. Felix is presenting at this year's IRCA conference, um, talking about the Hex Offense, how to play it, and how to train it. Um, Felix, you want to say hello, give everybody a little rundown of who you are and how you got familiar with this offense? Uh, yeah, hi, I'm Felix, and I kind of came up with the offense in 2012. Uh, I started playing in 2000 and coaching after graduating at uni. I started coaching the uni team, never never really left. Um, I've been going to the Wednesday, Wednesday trainings, Wednesday afternoon trainings at Sussex University for coming on 19 years now. Um, and yeah, I, I was coaching for many years uh, and playing with the Brighton team and uh, we got to quite a high level, high level with the Brighton team winning uh, mixed Europeans. Uh, I played for Clapham and Great Britain Open in, in 2011. Um, and then in 2012, I uh, was kind of going over some strategy thoughts and having stuff bouncing around in my head about, you know, maybe there's a different way of playing the game. Um, and yeah, the the idea of, uh, of of Hex came to me in that time. How did that how did that come about? Did you bounce around other ideas, or did it just kind of stick out to you? How did that How did that come up? Um, it was from watching Spain play football, um, like play soccer in the European twenty twelve uh, championships. Um, I watched how they passed the ball around, um, avoided you know battles. <clears throat> didn't really they had you know incredible talent on that team but they didn't really rely on it to to dribble around opponents um and do great kind of individual goals it was all about you know passing the ball around um very very quickly in the kind of tiki taka style it's called um and i was i was kind of i was watching that i was quite captivated by it and i obviously you know being being completely into into ultimate was thinking I wonder wonder how this would translate onto the ultimate field, um, and so it did. You know, it wasn't like immediate. Um, I started thinking about you know maybe it's to do with the the fact they've got a goalkeeper who's who's really far back. The, the defenders aren't marking because they're so far back. You know, I mean it's the offside rule in football. So I started thinking about having a goalkeeper, like having a a, a mega dump, like way behind the disc mm-hmm. um, that, that you could always kind of retreat to. Um, and and it was that kind of idea of 
being able to retreat as well as attack. You know, that's what that's what Spain were doing quite well. They'd pass the ball up, but then if there wasn't a clear opportunity and they'd have to actually, you know, throw something that not throw something, <laughs> kick something that's like, you know, a fifty fifty or whatever, then they would actually not not take that option. They'd work it back right the way back to their goalkeeper and, and attack up the other side or whatever. So I tried implementing well, I tried I, I thought about that, implementing that and you know, it wasn't really clicking. Um and then I saw that they had when they were passing the ball around, they'd always move to um offer the person with the ball uh extra options and almost always they were in a triangle formation or, or like several triangles joined together. Um equilateral triangles um and so when someone had the ball they had you know one option here uh, um that was you know like within comfortable kicking distance and then another one just to the other side that was within comfortable kicking distance and if they passed to one of those players and they could pass to the the other one because of the equilateral nature of the triangle so that kind of the options were like maximized there um which was key to them keeping possession of the ball so then I thought about, okay, we've got seven players, you know, what happens if we put these equilateral triangles together with seven players and that, that hexagon shape just kind of, you know, is one of those Eureka moments where it just suddenly all fit into place and was like, ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of spaces out. Well, yeah. So and you've got the, the six people in the hex and then one person in the middle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, basically, basically, it's more it's more a kind of way of viewing the the field than than specifically where like people need to be. Um, it's like we should think about having people in those kind of areas. Um, uh, but yeah, one in one in the middle um, and six around the edge. Um, for a while, we tried having the disc in the middle, and I know that um, that's uh, that's that's the disc is in the middle in in Frank Huguenard's motion offense. Um, but we found that having the disc surrounded by defenders who were playing one to one was was problematic. So putting the disc on the on the outside edge of that um, shape seemed to seemed to work well for us. Okay. Um, so I want to back up a second. When you said the offense is more about how you see the field rather than the shape, what do you mean by that? How do you, how should you be seeing the field? Um, so it's kind of like a, a division of the space on the on the on the field so instead of having if, like in 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 stack offenses you have the disc i'm particularly thinking vert stack you've got the disc you've, and when you think about looking at the field with the disc you've got like the stack in front of you the open side the break side and then you turn around and you've got like the reset isolated kind of behind you or or directly parallel off the line um in hex um when you face the center of the space so if this is on the brick mark, then you're facing directly downfield. Or if the disc is on the sideline, then you're you actually face directly infield. Um, you know, which I know is is encouraging stack as well. Um, but in hex, when you when you face those spaces, then the because of the equilateral triangles, you have um, one person directly in front of you, and then one person to the left, one person to the right, or or not really one person, but one kind of like active or like space to be thinking about. So particularly when the disc is on the sideline, instead of there being like a downfield area and then the reset area um, parallel to you, you actually have like um, three areas that are all um, kind of equal in nature 
So you've got the downfield, the, the parallel, and then the backfield. Um, and encouraging it to be like viewing the viewing the space in that kind of way, viewing the field in that kind of way, rather than, you know, seeing seeing it as a formation or like a rigid structure um, can like, yeah, it's kind of more more like what it's like about. But yeah, it's that's a little bit, um, it's a little bit intangible. And I realize kind of the, the way that I'm talking about it at the moment. Yeah. So, well, so when you're talking about the disc on the sideline versus the middle of the field, um, it's kind of sounding like the idea is no matter where you are on the field, you're giving the player the same options. Like they still have three people, regardless of where they are in the formation or where the disc is on the field. They're turning and facing the hex or the uh, the other players, and they have three options. Is that yeah? Is that safe yeah. to say? Essentially, okay. yeah, yeah. There's like a standardization in that. Yeah. Okay. Um. Cool. So. Let's, um, I think we've kind of got an overview of it. Do you want to get into more of the tactics? Like, how do you actually run this offense? Um, yeah, uh, let me think like where to start. Um, it's, there's no, there's no real, um, like cutting order or cutting space or, um, like throwing lanes, cutting channels, active space, inactive space. Kind of all all those things um, don't really apply so much in hex, and unless the team kind of you know wants to wants to designate them um, themselves, you can you can play hex without much instruction. You know, just mm-hmm. in, encouraging people to to spread out, um, and then if they're not sure where they should be, just to kind of make equilateral triangles with people near to them. Um, you know, stay stay relatively connected to each other, but don't crowd each other. Um, and that's that's basically like the structure um, of hex, and and it doesn't have to be like rigid, um, so long as you know you have like a fair few people on the team who are kind of applying those kind of principles, then the structure kind of works itself out. Um, now a lot of offenses um, are defined almost solely by their structure. You know, like how do you play those offense? Well, you know, you, you you start on the side of the field and then and then this is the kind of cutting area and you clear out to the side you know for example um whereas whereas with hex um it's it it it's uh, it lends itself more to a, to a different style of movement um than uh compared to stack offenses so as well as as well as understanding the kind of um rough like positions or, or like shape or structure of it um if you if you try and move the disc very quickly um you know take take whatever option is is open um take it immediately um try and keep the stool count as low as possible um follow your throw after you after you've released it um to try and get the disc back basically trying to keep the disc moving the whole time then the the structure and the, the spread nature of it um supports that style of play um so in order to play the offense um in order to play it well then it's important to understand the the movement is is very different as well um to to what most most experienced players are are used to Mm -hmm. okay so the movement then um is quick but it's not 
you're saying it's not the same as like if you have a vert stack and you're really emphasizing quick movement where you catch maybe an in cut and then your dump swing swing and playing a lot with the handlers kind of in a vert stack that can have a lot of quick movement as well but it sounds like this is different it's more of every person is involved in this quick movement is that fair to say or how would you how would you differentiate it between a vert or a host stack that prioritizes moving the disc really quickly um, I'd, I'd say it's more open-ended um so with with vert stack you know when you when you have the dump the swing the re you know the dump and the swing and then the continuation you know that can all happen very quickly um but everyone kind of knows that, that that's you know that's what we're looking for we're getting this direction and then this person this person this person um you know but they you know they can fill in the positions as they as they see fit as well um in hex you it, it's very core form and it's very base form then you just um you take what the defenders give you so you have no there's no real intention to move the disc in a particular way or a particular sequence um instead you have you know a lot of a lot of players around you who who are potentially viable options and you need to keep yourself open to to um throwing to to any of these options as they present themselves as as hittable um and then yeah where wherever the disc moves it's always going to be to somebody who who has a lot of options around them as well um and and it can be anybody, right? So I'd say it's I'd say it's kind of more open ended. If you play horizontal stack and the the, the emphasis is on uh, quick movement, like um, old school players will will maybe remember Plinko, um, Jam used to play that um, in the US, um, and that was very much just around moving the disc very very quickly, um, and that can look identical to to hex being played um, quickly. But I'd say. The, the the difference is is subtle in in that the the structure of hex is more supportive of it. So whenever you move the disc quickly in any offense, um, the formation or the structure, you know, kind of disappears. Right? Um, you you can't really hold all those positions whilst the disc is moving around really quickly because everyone has to kind of take what they're given. Um, the nature of hex and the the kind of equal distances that 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 um, are between all the all the spaces of, of the shape. Um, support that movement a little, a little better, you know, like a little easier. It's kind of like, yeah, it's a, it's a, if you move, if you move the, the disc around, um, then there, there's going to be this, the shape means there's going to be a lot of kind of continuation options that are nicely placed, you know, all kinds of, it all kinds of like falls into place and it, it tends towards more order, um, than tending towards chaos, I'd say. Okay. Again, so, quite quite intangible stuff. So you know, I can yeah, I can understand right. if people are like, "What is what what are we talking about here?" <laughs> right, right. And and I'm sure it'll make it'll be a lot more clear in your presentation when it's complete with diagrams and um, a, a video explanation. Certainly would help some of this abstraction. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I I did have a question about you're saying taking what the defense gives you. Um, and it, without really regard to where you are on the field. So are you saying that it doesn't really matter about vertical yards um, in terms of moving it down the field? You're just like the number one priority is moving the disc quickly. Um, is that fair to say? Or are you, how are you, uh, I guess, moving the disc down the field? Um, or do you find yourself 
pushing back kind of in that Spanish style, pushing back maybe 30 yards and then going up the other side. Um, yeah, I think it's fair to say that, that the priority is more to moving the disc over yards. Um, but you, vertical yards are always going to going to matter, you know, because obviously that, that makes scoring easier the closer you are to the end zone. Um, it's uh, it's the approach to gaining those yards. So it's it's an indirect approach rather than, you know, directly isolating space in front of the disc where players are going to cut hard and receive it. Um, the idea more is that if, if the disc is kept moving, then with the number of options that are available, um, the yards will inevitably be eaten up, you know, the, because the defense won't be able to prevent um, every option going going forward. You know, um, if the disc stops moving, then it becomes easier for the defense to, 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 to stop you getting yards. Um, so, yeah, I'd say it's, it's more of a, a kind of indirect approach. Um, and it, it kind of comes back to like what a lot of people think of like fundamental frisbee skills. It's just it's just running, throwing, and catching, you know. And and if, if everyone if everyone is is taught that those skills in in a kind of well rounded way, um, and they're able to execute them early on in the stall count, you know, then um, the yards becomes easy. You know, it becomes something you don't need to worry about. They 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 get eaten up um, as soon as the defense overcommit to something or. Or, or you know, put themselves weight weight themselves too heavily in one direction or the other, then the offense will can can see that and just use their basic skills just to advance the disc towards the end zone. Yeah. So what happens in a high stall situation? Do you have a dump set system set up, or how do you how do you handle resetting the disc if you aren't able to connect on an early stall count throw? Um. <clears throat> So the, the the kind of the equal equal nature of every player on the field means that um, you can either think that there's like three dumps or that there's no dumps. Yeah, you you have three players who are, uh, who are like about twelve yards apart, which is kind of around the same distance as you have a reset. Um, so um, if 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 one of them's marked out and they run out of that space, then it opens up the space where they were, which is connected to three other players, um, which kind of means that those three players can potentially use that use that as an option and go in and be free in there. Now, and if the defenders react and defend that space, then that opens up options on the other side. Um, if if all these options for whatever reason um, all all disappear then you've simply been massively outplayed by the defense. <laughs> um, there's the, the multitude of options uh, means, means that the, the defense, either the defense has to work much harder or, you know, the offense is, is, is doing something, you know, that, that's, that's, that's way off. Like maybe if someone gets the disc and, and they put in one of those automatic huck fakes um, and that kind of puts them out of sync with the rest of their players and then they look for their reset you know, maybe they look behind themselves, being like, "Right, where's my reset?" And perhaps that player is marked out at that moment. Um, you know, but but you know, other players on the field are free, but because they're looking in specific areas, then they're not seeing those people are free. This is just kind of one of the ways where you can you can run out of these options. Um, and there's, I mean, teams can come up with their own get out of jail kind of option on stall eight, stall nine, stall ten. Um, 
But generally, I found when I introduce hex to teams and and when we play it, then the the errors just come down to ex execution. You know, there's mm -hmm. there's never it's, it's usually just a, a throw goes wrong or a catch goes wrong. You know, or or somebody doesn't doesn't see an option until too late, or something like that, rather than um, everything gets shut out um, and and the stall count gets really high. That's that happens quite rarely, I'd say. Okay. That that sounds nice, and I'd I'd love for my team to not be in high stall situations <laughs> personally. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, ideally, everybody everybody would like that. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. I have one more question about how you run the offense. If the other team is coming out in a junk or zone look, does the hex break down? Does it still work? Um, are there certain zones that you find are particularly effective against it? Or how does that work? So generally speaking, the, the setup is, is exactly what you want against the zone because every player is isolated in in space um, and connected to each other so that you know if you do pop the disc over the top of the wall then that player's got other players very close to them who they're able to then you know pass quickly to um mm -hmm. and the, the spread nature means that you know the defense are having to 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 kind of mark up um sensibly as well right but the what you look what your your ideal situation when you're like a wing in a zone is that you have two players that you're able to like cover because they're hanging out near to each other. And then in, in Hex, one of the one of the principles is that you know you don't crowd each other. Um so the kind of the the full the, the structure of it naturally um will will stretch the defense um and you know is 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 ideal for for playing against the zone. Um the interconnectedness of all the players means that you know if you if you pass to one of those options that's near you they're they're then able to move the disc very quickly, like a like a quick jump and swing, right. um, and you know when you're dumping a swing against the zone, and then you have that kind of popper in the middle that's good to hit. That exists in hex as well. Um, in fact, I've looked I've looked back over some footage, like old footage of Clapham in 2007, and and the the shape of their offense against um, the zone. Uh, is very is very similar to the hex shape you know it, i think good experienced players naturally fall into that kind of shape um when playing against zone and there are there are a couple of audl um teams that that actually employ um the hex shape for when the opponents play zone so i'd say it's i'd say it's actually like specifically um a, a, you know something that people actively will actually do against zone um, more so than against man to man um in terms of if any particular zones work well against it, um, like force middle can can work well. Um, it depends on what the players of the hex offense are used to, kind of looking at and and throwing. And if you if you if you force them to to do something they're uncomfortable with, then then that's obviously going to work to your benefit. Um, something that I've been thinking about fairly recently is um, actually surrounding having the having the disc in the middle of the shape when you're playing against the zone. Um, and I learned that from watching a Japanese women's team play. Um, I think it might've been at the, I think it was at the under, under 23 championships, um, maybe under 24 perhaps. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, the, the Japanese women would, would surround the disc with their offense. And that would mean that then 
when they passed it backwards, they'd be able to very, very quickly move it around without any defenders being nearby. Um, and that would open up more options for them. So there are, there are a few, there are a number of like tweaks you can do. If, if any defense is giving Hex trouble, then there's basically like tweaks you can do to um, counter it. You don't, you don't really ever need to like wipe the slate, wipe the slate clean um, and start again. Um, the, the kind of nature of it means that small modifications can have you know, quite a big impact. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense that it would work well, especially it being so spread. Um, so I want to shift gears a little bit before we run out of time. Um, let's say I'm a coach. I'm interested. I like the ideas of Hex, and I want to run it with my team. How do I sell my team on, let's say they've, they're experienced players, only ever run stack offense. How do I sell my team on learning Hex? And then how do I, once I've sold them, actually train them in it? Um, I guess it's, it's similar to how you, how you sell things to anybody. Um, you, you, you figure out how to, you know, arouse that ego want, you know, in them. And that can be often appealing to um, like what they're good at. So if you have, if you have, um, people who like to throw quick passes or like to do give goes, then you can say that, you know, this, this encourages that and, and it works really, really well in that system. If you have players who, who love to go deep, then you can kind of explain how, you know, you, you're very often like an isolated deep cutter, you know, like you're not going to go deep down the side of the stack and then someone's going to poach off and, and neutralize your deep cut. You know, it will be a one v one situation um, and the disc moves very, very quickly. So you'll have more opportunities to time that deep cut um, to, um, to yeah, go and, go and get it in the end zone. Um, so uh, it's, it's also a lot of fun playing it. So if you're able to, there's a, there's a exercise training exercise that we do quite regularly called keep disc, which is, ultimate without end zones. Um, and quite often we reduce the store count as well. And that can kind of show people how much fun offense is just passing the disc around um, with complete freedom. Um, and once once players um, kind of either, either play that or, or they just, you know, play a bit of hex um, with kind of loose ideas about the structure, then quite often they'll see that it's fun and they'll enjoy playing it. Um, and then you know, you you don't really need to sell it after that point. Gotcha. Okay. So, so they're sold on it. And then in terms of training, um, how do you actually implement the ideas in practice in a way that they, the team is able to execute it in games? So I, I break it, I break it down into three, uh, different categories. Uh, one is the shape, one is the movement, and uh, the third is the technique. So, getting people to uh, understand the shape, you can you can do it very simply, throwing a disc out into the field, getting seven players to go out and, and set up the hex shape, um, and then you you know you can go out and, and tweak them, move them around a bit if if needed, um, and then you can make it competitive if you've got fourteen players, send two discs out into the field and get them to both set up the hex shapes as quickly as possible. Um, it only takes a few minutes just to get people kind of familiar with the, with the basic shapes. 
um, when the disc is kind of on the sideline and, and across the field to the middle and to the other sideline. Um, getting them to get familiar with the shape during play is is like the next stage, you know, maybe for, for the second, second or third training. You know, there's always there's always little drills you can do to 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 get people more familiar with the shape and able to recognize and form the shape quicker. Um, and then, you know, have some time dedicated to the movement, um, especially, you know, because the movement is generally uh, quicker and less predictable compared to stack, then, you know, putting some training time into that with playing keep disc, for example, um, will, will help encourage encourage the, uh, the movement that's more suited to hex out of players. Um, it's very much learning by doing kind of stuff. Um, and then, and then technique wise, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot more, um, emphasis or, or I suppose it just works a lot better to do give go type moves in hex. So, um, you know, running a drill where as you, as you throw the disc, you have to be running, you have to run and, and receive a return pass. Um, we do, we do one called the dribble slalom race where we have like three players all separated by about 12 yards in front of a thrower and the thrower will throw to the first one, run to their right, throw to the second one, run to their left, throw to the last one, run around them, um, receive the pass back and pass back. So they're basically slalom between all these players, static players who are catching and popping the disc back to them. And then they slalom back to the beginning. Um, and it, and that, that teaches the, the technique of yeah, throwing and running, um, and then you can make that competitive by having like two or three or four groups all doing yeah. that side by side, like racing. Um, Sounds like good conditioning too. Yeah, 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 yeah. You end up, you end up pretty, pretty gassed by the end of that. Um, same with keep disc. Actually, keep disc completely destroys people. Um, <laughs> you quite often have to put like a time limit on it, or yeah. it's quite good practice. It's quite good practice actually because maintaining the disc uh, in keep disc um, is relatively. It's relatively easy, um, but people get tired very quickly because everyone's working like a lot more. So it's kind of a lesson in in sustainable offense as well. You know, what kind of work rate do you need to put in, and and how do you divide up the energy that you're that you're dedicating to to getting free as a team in order to keep the disc alive? Um, but yeah, going back to the to to the training, like those are those are three very basic ways to train shape, movement, and technique. Um, and then each training, if you think about, okay, how are we going to, how are we going to train more shape? How are we going to train more movement, train more technique? Then there's lots of different avenues you can go down, Like you can, you can have the disc starting on the sideline and have, you know, maybe three players who are marked, um, who set up in specific shape positions. So maybe you have like the, the central player and the two players behind them, or maybe you have the central player, the far wing player, and then maybe the two players in front of the disc, um, you can just set up different variations and then say, right, okay, your aim is to, you know, move the disc over to the other side or your aim is to score. Um, and that, that, that will serve two purposes. You know, one, they'll, they'll learn the shapes because they'll be setting up in those positions at the beginning of the drill, you know, and then, and then they'll learn how the movement works because, you know, that they're, they're, they're starting cutting from the same distance away from each other as they would be in the game. Um, quite a lot of it though. Um, you can just learn by playing. Um, the so many different situations arise um, during the actual play that that you end up kind of learning a lot through the variety of it, um, and that's also the most the most fun way to learn. 
Yeah, I believe that. All right. Well, I think that's about all the time we have today. Um, I just want to wrap up saying that all of these drills you're talking about are in your ERCA conference presentation, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then... With illustrations and stuff to kind of show where all the players are and how it moves. Mm -hmm. And where where else can people go if they're interested in learning more about Hex? Uh, FelixUltimate.com. Um, so on FelixUltimate.com, I've got loads of videos and articles and, and you know, strategy guides and technique guides and things. Uh, I've also got Felix Ultimate YouTube channel where all the video videos go up. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Felix, thank you so much for taking some time out to come talk come talk to all of us. Um, I'm really looking forward to um, the your conference presentation. Um, I know it's going to be great. And yeah, I'm really excited to, to share some of this innovative offense with everyone. Cool. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jack, for helping yeah. put it together and, to, and for, for this uh, podcast. It's been fun. Thanks again to Felix for coming on the show. You can hear more from Felix, as well as many other elite Ultimate coaches, at this year's IRCA conference, beginning February 25th. You can also find him at felixultimate.com. And a special thank you to everyone who has listened to the show so far. Um, I especially appreciate those of you who have taken the time to send in feedback to me via email. I genuinely take into account everything you have said, and your input will be um, instrumental in determining the future direction of this show. So if you'd like to offer some thoughts, please email me at jack at ultiresults.com. Um, I hope to hear from all of you and see you all at this year's ERCA conference. Bye for now, and we'll talk soon.